0: Go ahead, if you have your Bibles, uh, I invite you to look with me to Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11. I'm going to bring the entire message from Hebrews chapter number 11. We'll go down throughout the chapter for the sermon. There will be several verses that will be brought out during the sermon. And the title of today's message is called Manifested Faith. Manifested Faith. And what we'll do is we'll look through here, through the chapter And we'll see different people. Hebrews chapter 11 is known as, uh, the theme of it is the Hall of Faith. You've heard of a Hall of Fame for different sports or whatever, but this is the Hall of Faith. And there's particular people mentioned in this chapter and uh, some of the things in their life. And so where faith had to be manifested in their life for them to accomplish what God had for them. That's the title of the sermon, Manifested Faith. But let's look at uh, Hebrews chapter number 11. And as uh, far as the text portion, I've got three verses we'll look at. Look at verse number one. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Then look down, if you would, in verse number six, if you would look with me. Verse number six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And let's look at verse number 13. Notice it says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And I want to, we'll, we've got several verses we'll look at in between those and some after those, but I want to take those verses to build the text foundation of the sermon titled uh, Manifested Faith. And what it means is that in the manifestation of faith in our lives spiritually, there's going to be some byproducts of that. And we're going to look at these examples and see how we can compare them to our lives. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you Lord, for a beautiful Lord's today. You've given us to come to your house today. To worship you in spirit and in truth, I recognize, Lord, that there's uh, many things on our hearts today. There's some that are dealing with uh, some very difficult illnesses, Lord. There are some that uh, have lost loved ones in recent days, and they're grieving. And Lord, their, their hearts are heavy. And Lord, uh, we have unspoken requests on our heart, different things that we deal with. And God, you know each and every heart, you know each and every need. And so, Lord, I pray that just for a few moments uh, this morning that we can focus our heart and our mind on the word that you have for us today and lord may you speak to us by the holy spirit and lord may your word uh reveal to us some things that will help us to be better christians for you forgive me where i fail thee and help me now empower me lord to preach this message in the manner be pleasing unto you for we ask these blessings in christ's name amen if you was to read through hebrews chapter number 11 and the people that are mentioned in this chapter and then look back in the Bible, because you're going to see a lot of Old Testament saints mentioned here in the New Testament, and look at some of the things that they dealt with or or accomplished uh, in their life. All of those things were because of faith. None of those people that we're going to read about in Hebrews chapter 11, none of those things would have been accomplished in their life had it not been for the faith that they had in the Lord. Now, oftentimes when we talk about uh, having faith, we've got to understand that you can never overemphasize the importance of living by faith as a Christian. Okay? Now, when I read verse six, I find out in regards to me being a Christian, to you being a Christian, notice what it says. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. So let's stop right there for a moment and say if, if I'm a Christian and you're a Christian, And we're trying to live our life and we have zero faith in our life. Then we're not pleasing God. Because without faith. Now, I want us to understand faith. There's different aspects of faith. We know that for by grace are you saved through faith. It takes faith to believe what the Bible says. It takes faith to believe that, yes, Jesus died on the cross for my sin. It takes faith. Okay. Now, the grace... It's obviously, you know, God's riches at Christ's expense, okay? Uh, Salvation doesn't cost me anything. It costs Jesus everything. It costs God, his only begotten son. But I have to have faith to believe it without faith, okay? A person's not going to be saved without faith, but that's not the end, okay? Uh, God wants us to continue in our Christian life to live with faith. It takes faith to get saved, but it also takes faith... To live for the Lord every day. In the world that you and I live in, it takes faith to be a Christian. It takes faith to walk in the path that God would have for us. Every great work that God has ever done through a believer is because they lived by faith. Uh, You're going to see all the... I won't won't even give everybody in the chapter, but just the few that I pulled out for our sermon purposes, you're going to find that they live by faith. Matter of fact, before their name, it, it said by faith. By faith, by faith, as you look through that chapter, it's going to reveal that it was faith that helped them or enabled them to do what God had for them to do. And I want to share with you the manifestation of faith in our lives. There's going to be some byproducts that's going to accompany it. It's impossible to not have these byproducts as we have faith in our lives. Let's go through these today, and as we listen and read, And see if uh, if if maybe we're where we should be in our faith life, or maybe there's some improvement that we need. I'll be honest with you. uh, For most of us, I think there's probably some improvement that we could have, as far as uh, having faith in the Lord. Why? Because we want to know the end. You know, we, we want the sentence is still being written. The paragraph is being written, but we already want to know what the end of the story is. Now, as far as uh, how the world's going to end and how the Lord's going to call us out of here, I've already read that in the book of Revelation. Uh, I know how everything's going to end. But I'm talking about in our everyday life. We want to know how it's going to end. Like, we want to know the end of the story while we're still walking the path. And God doesn't work that way. God says, have faith, believe in me, and trust me. Trust me. Have faith. Faith is simply trusting God, believing God that he's going to do what he said he would do. So let's look at some things this morning. I've got just a few things. Let me say this. The manifestation of faith, the byproduct of having faith in your life. The very first thing I want to mention today is that manifestation of faith. The first first byproduct of faith is this. Vision. Vision. What are you talking about, preacher? Vision. Every person in Hebrews chapter 11 had a vision that God was going to do something through their lives. Look with me. Uh, you're in Hebrew, we're going to stay in Hebrews chapter 11. But look at verses 8 through 10. Let's read about one of these people. And notice verse number 8. Notice how it starts out. By faith. So we already know what's coming next. Okay, it started with faith. That's the beginning of it. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should go after receive for an inheritance obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in a land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he, talking about Abraham, looked for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. So, you know the story of Abraham, where God came and spoke to him and called him out of his own homeland to go somewhere that Abraham didn't even know where he was going. So, like, every step of the way, he's having faith and believing that God's going to reveal to him the next step. Faith. faith, Vision. Okay? He's looking for something. Hey, he's looking for that city that promised land, that city that was built by God. He's looking for that, but he doesn't see it. He said, I'm going to have faith and believe that what God is telling me, I'm going to follow that. That's vision. Uh, We we, we talk about having faith, but we have to have a vision. The faith of these people calls them to see something that others could not see. Always, Always remember and believe that when you have faith, and a vision to see something, you're going to see something that the, those who don't have the vision, they're not going to see it. They're not going to believe it. They're not going to have faith. But God, if you trust in the Lord and you believe in him, and he's leading you and you're following his path, though others may not see it, you need to keep your faith. If God has revealed uh, his promise to you, if God is leading you, the faith of these people caused them to see what others could not see. But yet, as God started revealing, as Abraham started following, he said, I'm going to make out of you a great nation. Now, what if Abraham never had the faith to believe God? We know that great nation was going to, it wound up being the nation of Israel. And it all goes back to God calling Abraham to go somewhere he didn't even know. God would establish the nation of Israel through the seed of Abraham. When you choose to live a life of faith, you will find that faith that you need is right there in the vision that God gives you for the life that is far greater than anything you could accomplish on your own. When you let God get involved and you follow God's plan, God's going to do something greater for you than you could ever imagine. But sometimes we don't get to experience that because we don't have faith. I mean, we want all the details. We want the blueprints. We want it from A to Z spelled out. We want everything to be a certain way. And then say, yeah, God, I'll do that. And God says, no, trust me every step of the way. And he said, I'll fill in the blanks as we go along. That's where faith comes in. Living by faith always changes your perspective of what God can do through you. Because when you're living by faith and following his plan, we understand that everything that's going to be accomplished it's going to be directly by God. So the very first thing as far as the byproduct of a manifested faith is the fact that we're going to have vision. Vision. To see things that maybe others cannot see simply because we have faith and believe of what God has said. The second thing I want to share with you this morning is this. In a manifestation of faith, in a manifested faith in your life, the second byproduct is going to be this. Action. Action. I mean, vision is one thing, right? I mean, to have a vision, okay, God can do this, and he can do this, and, and, and boy, uh, when you get God involved and the power of God, all these great things can happen. That, that takes faith to believe that. But then to put your faith into action, where the vision starts to become reality. You see, faith is not a noun. Faith is a verb. Faith always causes the believer to act and not sit. A person who is sitting on their faith is not a very faithful person. Look at, if you would, the second thing here, look at verse number 7. Let's look at this. Let's look at faith being put into action, okay? Now, notice who it's talking about here. By faith, Noah. Noah. Now, we know the story of Noah, don't we? Right? Noah being warned of God of things... Not seen as yet. Moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. We know the story of Noah. We, we've read the book of Genesis, right? And to, to put ourselves in his place, for God to tell him there's going to come a flood, understanding that Noah didn't even know what the word flood meant, that it was going to rain, there, didn't even know what rain was, never heard of it you understand it didn't rain at that time. God had a very very special system of watering the earth. It was called it was it was called the dew coming up and watering uh there it didn't rain at that time. There was no need for it. So God is calling Noah to do something that Noah had no idea of what what rain was, what a flood was. Had no idea what God was talking about. And so in Noah's mind, he had to fully believe something he didn't even understand. He had to fully trust God in this manner enough to the fact that, okay, God, I don't know what it is you're talking about, but because you have instructed me and told me this, I am not just going to sit on the knowledge you gave me. I'm going to act upon it. Now, what if, let me ask you, what if, what if Noah was like some of us? Now, how many of us be willing to follow God and to do what God has said, even though we don't understand what it is? And God, if you read the chapter and you know the story, I mean, God would give the blueprints, not all at one time, but he gave it to them a little bit at a time. Now, what if it was us, though? What if it was us that was supposed to be the ones that built the ark? Would the ark have gotten built? Would our family have been saved? You know what that tells me about Noah? I mean, he had faith in God, but he also loved his family. I mean, for 120 years, Noah's going to work building this ark. He's going to be ridiculed by people, mocked at because they didn't have a clue what he was doing. But Noah, yes, he feared God. He believed God. He didn't understand it. But listen, he also loved his family enough to have faith, to put his faith into action to say, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen, but if it does happen, I'm prepared. I'm prepared. I'm ready for it. Uh, most of us today, i tell you, we might struggle in that area. Okay, hey, we've got... Listen, God didn't have to give us step-by-step uh, uh, step on how to build an ark. We've got the whole foundational blueprint right here in front of us. We've got the eternal Word of God. It tells us everything we need to know. But do we have faith enough to believe it, to live by it? You see, without faith... We have no catalyst inside of us that, that will just drive us to want to accomplish things for God. The reason why so many sit and never do anything for God because they have no faith. I mean, even, listen, I, I know as we get older and our body starts deteriorating, things start breaking down, and, and I get all that, but still there's a faith inside of us. Even in our, our worst of health conditions, there's something inside of us with faith that makes us at least want to accomplish something that we want to be better than we was. We want to do everything we can because we know that the day is drawing near for the return of the Lord. Faith, it drives us to action because we've been revealed by God in his word. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. Now, I don't know what it is for you today. There's different things for different people. You're at different levels probably in your spiritual life. But I believe all of us in some category of our spiritual life, God is speaking to us, and through faith, we have to act upon what he's speaking. God, he speaks maybe in our personal life or in in your work life or whatever, and it takes a little bit of faith to believe God and to trust him. And then when you don't trust him and you don't act upon that, you miss the blessings that could have came along the way. Now, God never said it'd be easy. All he said was trust me, believe in me, follow my plan." That's what putting faith into action is. You follow the plan that God has given. Boy, Noah being ridiculed, mocked. But when you read the story and you find out that when the ark was completed and they got all the animals, and, and, you know, in our minds, we think that, uh, man, he had to, you know, get a rope and go lasso and, and pull in all these animals. That's not how it worked. God spoke to those animals. And listen, they had to corral them and, and and all that. Listen, we're talking about God who created everything. Can you imagine the, the that that door and that ramp of the ark and those animals just just going up there in an orderly fashion? See, we can't think, we can't believe that. No, surely that didn't happen that way. But God caused those animals to go into that ark. And when the animals got in, Noah's family was in. You know what else happened? Yeah, it started to rain just like God said it would. And you know what God did? God shut the door, and I can't. You know, in my mind, as I, as I read through there and try to think about it, and that rain started covering the ground, and and then all of a sudden you got you know six inches of water, and then you got twelve inches. You know, you got a foot, and, and it's growing, and and all of a sudden it's it's getting up knee deep and waist deep, and all those people that laughed and mocked and ridiculed Noah, there they are. Banging on the door, Noah, let us in. We're sorry. We're we we made a mistake. But here's the thing: Noah couldn't open the door and let him in. It wasn't Noah's place. God's the one that shut that door. While they had what I would consider grace, that period of grace where they could have made things right, they didn't. And when God shut the door it was too late. Now, can you imagine how Noah felt? But he was a creature of righteousness for 120 years. He warned them, he warned them, and he warned them that the flood was coming, yet they didn't listen. Now, in our lives, putting faith into action might mean that we get mocked. We might get ridiculed. But let me ask you this. Are we taking the opportunity to give the warning Hey, you better heed God's word. Even if they don't understand it, even if they laugh at you, even if they say, yo, y'all Christians are, 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 are fuddy duds and, and y'all got weird ways about y'all and, and this, that. Now, listen, there's going to come a day where the people that laughed at Christianity right now, the ones that laugh at Jesus now, we've got to understand there's a day coming where every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, and there will be no mocking God then. There'll be no mocking. So act upon your faith. Don't worry about how the world ridicules you. You be what God wants you to be. Let me give you, I've got just a few more. Let me give you the third thing today. The third byproduct of of a manifested faith is this. It's simply, it's two words. Great expectations. Great expectations. Look at Hebrews, we're in chapter 11. Look at verse 11. Great expectations. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Now, you know the story of Abraham and Sarah, right? Well past the childbearing age, well past that time of life. But we see in the story how God had made a promise. God was going to fulfill the promise that he made. And because of that, there came great expectations. Now, sometimes great expectations, uh, if you read the story of Abraham, you know, he kind of got, he thought, well, hold on now. I mean, we know this has got to happen, but maybe it wasn't supposed to happen that way. So remember, he's going to conceive uh, with the concubine, Hagar. Remember that? And that's when Ishmael's going to be born. Y'all read that in the story? So, you know, even Abraham, in the great... Listen, he's been called of God. He knows that God is trying to lead him to to be the father of a great nation. And he's thinking, okay, well, maybe that part of it isn't the way it's supposed to be. So we know that God's going to do something great. But Sarah's not able to have a child. And listen, if you was to turn on the news or read a newspaper about the Middle East conflict between Israel, a little bitty tiny strip of land surrounded by all these other countries, we've got to understand that the conflict that's going on even this very day goes all the way back to that time in Abraham's life when Ishmael was born. And Ishmael, when you study genealogy, is going to be basically the father of the Arabic people. And the, the Muslim uh, territory and region there, the Arabic people, I mean, that's why they want that promised land. That's why they want Israel. They think it's, 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 it's a direct bloodline from Ishmael. I mean, that's not the case. The promised seed was Isaac that was going to come from Abraham and Sarah, not Abraham and Hagar. So the great expectation of things, listen, God was going to do something great even though they couldn't fathom it in their mind. In their own mind, and listen, Abraham's thinking, well, God, you know I mean? God's done great things, but uh, uh, that, that's not going to happen that way. So a, a, a byproduct of faith is great expectations. To know that God works outside of our human logical thinking, outside of our reasoning, outside even the boundaries of what we would call nature. Now, there's a bunch of other stories in the Bible where God worked outside the, uh, the boundaries of nature, okay? But we're talking about, in this particular story, Sarah is going to conceive. That is great expectations. You see, faith causes you to expect more than the average. Faith causes you to expect more than you can see. Uh, faith simply is, is believing what you c- couldn't believe before, I mean, uh, of course, golly, did you ever think we'd live in a day and age now? I mean, it's like, well, that ain't no big deal. I mean, we got men having babies now. You know, can you imagine that? How, how messed up we are, you know? Uh, it's, it's sad. But, I mean, we're talking about great expectations. A faith inside of you that you believe God so much that even the impossible becomes possible. Now, that is what's going to separate you as a Christian than it from anybody else, is for you to believe that God can do the impossible. Great expectations. People live a life of mediocrity because they don't live a life of faith. Uh, when you live a life of faith, just being mediocre is not going to be good enough for you. Listen, I don't know about y'all, but I, when I come to church, I want to believe that God is going to do something that service, that day for somebody. Got to believe that. Got to believe that the Holy Spirit has an understanding of our hearts and that he knows that the word is going to be given, that somebody needed to hear that word. That's how I approach the pulpit every time. No matter what subject I'm speaking on, that somebody sitting on a pew or hearing this at another time or outside or on the YouTube, whatever, that somebody needed this sermon and God's going to use this message to speak to somebody's heart. That's my expectation. I believe that we have to understand that our bar of expectation will rise beyond what we can even imagine or think. Remember what Ephesians tells us now to him that is able to do above uh, beyond exceeding above all we're able to ask or think according to the power that worketh in us that God's able to do great things. Yes. That's the byproduct of having faith. Great expectations. So let me give you another one this morning. Talking about manifestation of faith, the byproducts of faith. Another one is this. Not only do we have great expectations, but look at verses 17 and 18. Notice this. It says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, put to the test, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. You know the story, right? Where God had told Abraham to offer up his only son, Isaac. And they were going up to the mountain, and Abraham had everything. Had the, had the wood and the fire. and Remember, remember what Isaac said, just, just a young boy. And he, he asked Abraham, his dad, he said, I, I see the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb? Where's the lamb for the sacrifice, remember? And and Abraham said, God will provide the lamb. You see, the fourth byproduct today of having faith is this, great attempts for God. That we attempt great things for God. Listen, when you start living by faith, things become a little risky. Risky. However, nobody that has, has, has risked everything for God and never found God not to honor their great faith attempt for him. You know the rest of the story, right? I mean, Abraham, he was tried or put to the test by God to see how much he was willing to obey God. And right at the moment of when Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac, all of a sudden something caught his attention. A ram caught in the thicket over to the side. God had provided the sacrifice. you see a lot of us that the great attempts uh, we're stuck in the mode of not wanting to attempt anything great for God because it might cost a little bit. It might be a little risky, it might take us out of our comfort zone a little bit, so we don 't want to attempt great things for God, and all the while, God has a sacrifice already ready already provided. But yet he wants to try us and test us to see how far our faith will go. Now, most of us, our faith is not going to go very far. Because when you start talking about costing something or something being risky, it's like, whoa, put the brakes on that. Put the brakes on that. But yet we see here a faith that follows God is a faith that will attempt great things for God. Great attempts. God is not going to be a debtor to anybody. Listen, everything that you live for through God by faith and and offer to him by faith, God's going to take care of you. He's going to bless you. He's going to recompense you for that which you've done for him. You can attempt great acts of faith, but you'll always find that God will show you no matter how much you attempt for him, it will never be beyond his power to go beyond your faith. Are you listening? It will never be beyond God's power to go beyond your faith. So whatever it is, that great attempt that God's working in your heart, and you have you, you you want to follow Him, but it's kind of there's there's that riskiness, there's that cost factor. Understand, God is not going to be indebted to you. He's going to go beyond whatever faith that you have. The byproduct of faith is great attempts for God. Doing great things for God. In your life, could you say that you've done great things for God? When's the last time you witnessed to somebody? When's the last time you led somebody to the Lord? You know, we always hear you can't take it with us when we go, you know, things of earth. And and that's true to some extent. But there is one thing that we can take to heaven with us. That's another soul. You can witness to somebody who needs the Lord. You can tell them about Jesus Christ. And guess what? If they get saved, they're going to heaven. And I wonder how many souls, when we get to heaven, how many people are going to come up and and, and greet us and say, thank you for telling me about Jesus. Thank you for sharing the word with me. Because you did that, I'm in heaven today. You see, no matter how old we are, how weak or feeble we may be, that faith that's inside of us should be a faith that allows us or or burdens us, or, or just yearns for us to tell others about Christ, doing great things for God. What's the greatest thing we could ever do for God? One of the greatest things is to tell others about Jesus Christ. You see, that gets the attention of God. When you brag about his son, when you tell others what Jesus did for you, that gets the attention of God. Let me give you one more this morning. We've been talking about manifested faith and how when faith is manifested in our life, there's some byproducts that go with it. Look with me uh, there in in Hebrews 11. Look at verse number uh, 13. Now notice what Scripture said. These all died in faith. Do you see that? These all died in faith. Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. The last thing I want to share with you today, a byproduct of having faith, is endurance. 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 You know what that means? Not quitting. Keeping forward. Keep going forward. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. Listen, there, there were people, uh, the promises of God, listen, they're sure they're steadfast. I think when I, when I read that verse, there's an old song I think about, and it starts out like this. There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar. These all died in faith. They didn't receive the promises on the earth but notice, having seen them afar off, they were persuaded of them. Why? Because of faith. Listen, I, my eyes have never seen heaven, my literal eyes have never seen heaven. But by faith in what I've read in the Word of God, I know it's a wonderful place. I know it's a place where there's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more parting. I know it's a beautiful place with with walls of jasper, uh, streets of gold, gate of pearl. I know that Jesus is the light there. I know all of that because of what I read in the Bible and in my vision by faith. Heaven is a wonderful place. I believe that. Yet my eyes have never seen it. But I'm persuaded of it. I believe it endurance not quitting you see true faith takes the quit out of our options hey do you know people that quit on god they let situations circumstances or whatever just pull them away from god well that tells me how strong their faith is a, a true faith pulls you through every obstacle every challenge doesn't mean it's easy i mean it's not difficult There are some people that are very very sick Some in this room right now that are very sick. I think of Brother Clarence. He's got treatments and stuff coming up. There's others on our prayer list. And if if Brother Clarence's faith was only enough faith uh, to get him through the treatments, then he doesn't have much faith. But I believe Brother Clarence's faith is strong enough to believe that the Lord's going to be with him every step of the way through the whole process and beyond that. That's what faith is. It's not that I'm going to quit and I'm going to give up. Just because I got a bad diagnosis or just because I got a situation I don't like, so so I'm going to just uh, just lay down and quit. No, true faith helps us keep going even in the most difficult times. It's endurance. True faith takes the quit out of us. To believe that God is going to come through for you despite the obstacles you may face, that's what true faith is. And let me say this. We saw in verse number 6. That without faith, it is impossible. Impossible. Now, is that what your Bible says? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Living by faith is the only way we can successfully serve God. Without faith, you're not going to to be the Christian he wants you to be. You must have faith. If you try to live for the Lord without faith, you're not going to please him. You're not going to be successful. Take these truths today from God's word. There's many more we could have looked at. Let's take these and let's examine our life. Are we seeing manifestations of faith in our life? These byproducts? I mean, do, do we have the vision? To be what God wants us to be? Are we putting our faith into action? Are are we expecting great things from God? How about are we attempting great things for God? And do we have that endurance to say, you know what? Come hell or high water, I'm going to have faith and believe and keep serving God. You know, I'm so glad... Scripture says Jesus, he could have called 10,000 angels. I mean, he could have called 12 legions of angels, 10,000 angels when he was on the cross. I'm so glad that when it got hard on Jesus that he didn't come down, that he didn't call those angels. Why? Because when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. He, He knew me and he loved me just like he knew you and loved you. Let's have faith to keep doing what God would have us to do. Let's bow our heads, if you would. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. No one looking around, please. Don't want to embarrass nobody today. Wouldn't do that for anything. But if you're here today and say, Preacher, the Lord has spoken in my heart. The Lord has spoken in my heart. I have not had the faith that I should have. And preacher, pray for me. I, I want to be more faithful in my life as a Christian, in my service to the Lord. If anybody like that? May I pray for you? We just slip your hand up. Let the preacher pray for you. God bless you. Anybody else? maybe here today say preacher I uh, you're talking about having faith but be honest with you I've never been saved I, I've never trusted Christ as my savior and preacher pray for me I don't want to die and go to hell is there anybody like that would you slip your hand up let me pray for you yes thank you I'm praying for you right now is there anybody else listen I could ask a ton of questions and get a different answer for each one I know that but God is dealing with your heart I'm going to ask if God is speaking to you that you respond to him. Nobody's going to drag you down the aisle, twist your arm, pull your leg. But if the Holy Spirit's brought conviction, this is your time and your opportunity to respond to him in a manner that will be pleasing unto him. Don't leave out of here under conviction. Get that thing settled today. Let God do a work in your heart and life. Father in heaven, Lord, the best we know how we deliver this message. Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit Take that which we've heard, speak to our hearts, and help us to make decisions that are pleasing unto you. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. We stand on our feet.